0: Here to empower the modern-day woman to uncover the true beauty of wholesome, radiant health from the inside out, in Episode 9 of the Supercharged Podcast, we speak to Stacy Irvine, skin therapist, registered nurse specializing in functional med, teacher of yoga and meditation, mother of three beautiful girls, wife, and best of all, our dear friend. Stacy has long been fascinated with the marriage of ancient facial techniques, plant medicine, and the science of skin health. In this podcast, we get down to the nitty-gritty about what our skin is all about. We bust some all-too-common skin myths, talk about what kind of skin regimes are actually beneficial to our skin, the kinds of products we want to use, and those we want to avoid. Hint, parabens! We talk about the skin microbiome, and our favorite topic, how the gut is connected to our skin, and vice versa. We also discuss how you can optimally nourish your skin with tools you may not have heard of before, like ancient washa, which truly is our new best friend. DC has us hooked. Without question, we all want clear, vibrant, dewy, dreamy skin, but how does one learn from that blemish, irritation, rash, or redness spot to heal so much more? We hope you enjoy this highly informative discussion with Stacey and are as inspired as we are to continue to utilize a natural approach to skincare that allows your body to heal, grow, or age naturally the way nature intended it.
1: Okay, thank you so much for being with us here today, Stacy. We are going to get into all things skin. Um, You're our skin nurse, our skin guru, and you have quite the story that's brought you here into this role that you're in. When we walk into a room or just when we're out in public or wherever it is, maybe we're doing an Instagram story, we are showing our face to the world, and when our skin looks good, I think we feel good. And you have just this gift to help people have beautiful skin and we're going to talk about all the things today that are going to maybe help the people listening. So would you like to tell us a little bit about what
2: brought you here? Uh, Yes, and also thank you so much for having me. I am always excited to chat about skin and if there are people that want to listen to it, uh, they are my kind of people so I'm equally excited to be here uh, this morning or I think we're at this afternoon at this point, but <laughs> yeah, all, after all the talk, <laughs> oh, I'll a long cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I've been, um, I'm a registered nurse. I have three little girls at home and um, kind of alongside my nursing career since for about the past 13 years, I've been teaching um, yoga and meditation and in the wellness community in some way or another. And while I, we were having our girls, I kind of stepped outside of that community. And, and then during that time, unfortunately, my, um,
0: my grandpa
2: and my dad were in a traumatic car accident. And my grandpa passed away and my dad sustained a pretty um, traumatic brain injury. And so I think for so many of us that have stepped into areas of passion and, and places in our life that were lit up about, it's often as a result of some, something that kind of motivated that. And so during that time, for me, it was such a wake-up call in terms of how I wanted to be a better advocate for integrating Eastern and Western healthcare. And so for um, the past, I guess, five years when I stepped back <laughs> excuse me, um, into, the, into the yoga community and teaching yoga and so forth, I, I, was, I kind of went in with this idea that I really wanted to be a, more of an advocate for Eastern and Western healthcare. And along the way, truthfully, I felt that even if I was sharing information, not all of it was sticking or people weren't really doing some of the things. And I teach a workshop called Arise, which is about manifestation and, and self-worth and, and really stepping into your power. And one of the questions I ask people is, what is it you do in your spare time when nobody's watching and it doesn't have to be on Instagram and nobody's going to pay you for it? Um, what What are you doing in that time? Because that is for so many of us, our most magnetic self. And and when I, would, the one, the last workshop I did um, last year, I remember coming home and thinking to myself, like, what is my, like, I love yoga and meditation and all things wellness. But at the end of the day, what am I doing when Instagram no is off and nobody's looking? Yeah. And for me, it's always been skincare stuff. Mm. Um, it's always been beauty rituals. For the longest time, I've loved nothing more than going into Sephora and playing with all of the skin stuff and, and all of the different toys in there.
0: Um,
2: and now knowing what I know now, I've also realized how much money I've actually just <laughs> spent on useless things that never really made a difference. And so anyways, kind of fast forward after like really reflecting on that and realizing like what I love so much is um, taking time to tend to myself and care for myself. And that shows up for me in a lot of different ways. But the, my favorite way to do that is via the skin. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I was—I uh, ended up—I was sick with a handful of different things, and I, along the way, ended up connecting with a the skin therapist. And she, kind of, upon looking at, at my skin and assessing different things, was able to tell me what she really felt was going on. And I am very, um, quite analytical and pragmatic, and results oriented and I took her information and I was like okay that's like super interesting but like she can't totally be right like I really was more of a skeptic in terms of um, not necessarily believing that she could tell that much just by looking at my skin and so I also work in functional medicine as a nurse right now and and took more of a path to figure out what was going on as kind of the root cause of some of these manifestations I was experiencing and we came back to the very similar um, answers of what was going on and so it sparked my interest in such a huge way to dig into, like, how did she know that just by looking at my skin? Because I have been invested in my skin my whole life and and did not know even an ounce of that information. And so it took a deep dive into understanding more about um, skin and the root cause of different skin disorders and um, ways that we can really kind of support the aging process. And then it just was like a vortex for me because <laughs> I love it so much and so... Um,
0: it's Learning just snowballs. It's my
2: love language for sure, and so I just want to be a student. I just want to be in front of teachers that have good information to share, and so I can pick it up and and hopefully be able to extend it in some way that makes a difference for people. But
0: yeah. you say you're a constant learner and a student of life. Like you definitely are a teacher in this area <laughs> oh God. in a big way. I think, and two, I think you have such modesty when you share about your learnings and what you're passionate about and what you're doing because you are teaching people to really enjoy self-care, take time at the end of the night or the first thing in the morning, teaching the importance of like massage or lymphatic drainage, or even just how to naturally bring about blood flow to different areas of the skin, which is something that is almost like bringing it back to basics. But for a lot, it's like this alleluia moment of like, Mm -hmm. whoa, this is, this -hmm. is what skincare is. Like Mm -hmm. you're, if you're going through those aisles at Sephora thinking that these are your holy grail of answers in skin, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's basic. So mm-hmm. um, maybe the best place to start is, like you said, you're connected to functional medicine now with skin and in, where you practice in nursing. Um, can you share more about like that functional medicine approach to skin as a starter for people to understand? Mm-hmm. How does analysis starts, How we can look at the manifestations that are happen- happening on our skin?
2: I think like we know in... So for those of the people out there that are listening that don't know anything about functional medicine, it's um, it's an area of healthcare that is is looking at the root cause of disease, and they are trained medical providers and physicians and nurses and so forth, um, but with specialized treatment and understanding what is the root cause of why people are showing up in this way, um, and what's cool about it is is being able to have a better understanding and and data to figure out what sort of support the client really needs to get to really come back to some level of um, a great level actually of wellness. And we know through chronic disease, so much of the root cause of chronic disease is inflammation. So like there's such a rise in autoimmunity in our world and and stress and overwhelmed people and and just what how that shows up in so many ways is inflammation and, and whatever is happening in the the inside of your body is eventually going to show up on your skin there's that is not news to anybody i think we've known that for a really long time um and so for me sort of a functional medicine approach to skin health is less is more and bringing it back to the basics i think as a culture we've been um marketed and led to believe that we need to do all of the things and have all the different serums and a collection of fancy products or treatments and And from what I've learned to understand, it's that our skin is actually a highly intelligent organ and it doesn't require a lot of care. It actually, it knows how to look after itself really, really well. What happens is that we we cause so much trauma to it or we cause so much inflammation to it. As a result, it eventually just gets, it gets tired of working for us and shows up in different things like acne or rosacea Mm -hmm. or dryness or premature aging. And if we can kind of pull the veil back and take a look at like what sort of inflammatory stuff we give to our body that starts it on the inside, as well as what we're doing topically to, to trigger that inflammatory process um, is, is a, is a very easy and also so somewhat counterintuitive way from how, what we've been led to believe mm-hmm. um, an effective approach to treating skin. And I think what's so fascinating with me actually with, being able to teach more about skin has been that so much of what I've said over the years is similar to what I'm saying now in terms of paying attention to the food that you're eating and moving your body and drinking enough water, like basic Mm -hmm. health things that we all know, but there's a lot of us that don't actually do it. Mm -hmm. And what was such a big turning point or realization for me that when when I was, so I'm 35 and as I was getting older and all of a sudden really noticed that my skin was changing or as I was starting to experience like different levels of aging, there's a level of vanity that I still want to look really good and I still really want good skin. So there was like a wake up call there of like, you know, all of those little like tidbits of health stuff where maybe I kind of let slide a little bit. Like I wasn't super clear about like how to feed my body well or what inflammatory foods I should have or not have or, um, There's a piece for women that I've witnessed um, that when it comes to their skin, they're very motivated to listen and take the advice. And and I think why people see such an improvement is that they're consistent with it because they want beautiful skin. Whereas years ago, I would talk about similar stuff in terms of wellness and holistic healing and so forth, but you can't see the manifestation quite as easily. You can't see what your gut necessarily looks like until it's really in trouble. Mm -hmm. You can't really see the internal workings of everything until you're at the point of like, I really need help. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're treating your, your skin and you're really taking time to nourish it daily and consistently, it turns around so quickly for most of us, not everybody, but for a lot of us, we can see improvement in our skin pretty quickly. And then there's such a big why for that person. So then the, the the client or the individual is so motivated to actually make simple changes Mm -hmm. and see the sort of, global change in their in their health overall I think what's
1: like really interesting too is there is on the one hand that you're showing your face so you want to look good and that quote-unquote vanity aspect of Mm -hmm. it but also when your skin is healthy and looks good that's also a reflection of what's going on the inside so it, Mm -hmm. it is a health aspect as well as a looking good thing so you kind of have you can like have your cake and eat it too totally you're sugar-free dairy-free gluten-free whatever cake (laughs) but um what fascinates me a lot about the skin that you've touched on um is that like we're obviously so all about the gut and that kind of thing and the microbiome and I think that's like a hot topic people know a lot about the microbiome Well, there's communities of people that we talk to that they're like, "What? What is this?" Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think the majority of people we talk to they're very familiar with microbiome as it relates to the gut. Mm -hmm. But what I love that you talk about is the microbiome of your skin, Mm -hmm. and that's like mind blowing. It's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I think talk to us (laughs) about like yeah, like we're like bacteria nerds. Can
2: you talk to us about like the the bacteria on your skin? (laughs) For sure and I think so our skin is truly just an extension of our gut Mm -hmm. and um, there is bacteria that sits in our skin and there's a microbiome that sits in our skin and when that gets disrupted we start to see um, a breakdown in our skin barrier which shows up as different manifestations of skin disorders or challenges on our skin and it doesn't take A lot to keep it balanced but there is a lot that people put onto their skin um, that disrupts it and so different things like parabens and emulsifiers and preservatives and using the wrong skincare for your skin type that's probably one of the biggest things that I see is that people I, I see a lot of like who I was last year or two years ago where I would go to Sephora and find beautiful products that Um, looked good and smelled good and -and so-and-so had some blogger or Instagram influencer had said it was good and so I would try it and I was constantly disrupting this really important balance of bacteria on my skin and in which case I would eventually see signs of premature aging and so forth which at 35 we shouldn't see a lot of that yet Um, and that is just because we're, we're cleaning our skin with a product that we shouldn't really be using given the fact that I'm not a really, I'm a true oily skin type where people are using different cleansers that have a lot of surfactants in it. So you're constantly stripping the, the oils off of your skin and that is going to affect your microbiome in such a huge way. Mm. Um, and so taking the time to actually nourish your skin and, and give it the right nutrition that it requires is, is going to help with the microbiome on the skin the same way our gut is. If we're giving our gut inflammatory foods and it's going to it's gonna cause such a dysregulation and dysbiosis in our gut, and the same thing is happening with our skin. If we're putting retinols on our skin and we can't handle it, it's going to disrupt that microbiome. If we're using just an oil cleanser and we're not actually cleaning our skin regularly, we're going to see a bit of a dysbiosis on our skin mm-hmm. as well. And so the gut and the skin, the two of them talk to each other in such a significant and undeniable way that we need to be able to balance, balance the pH of our skin so that we are keeping um, uh, an environment where that bacteria can thrive and the other stuff isn't hanging around longer mm-hmm. than it should be.
1: And it's such an important topic. Like you touched on Sephora, like not to rat on Sephora, but you know, a lot is just one of those big stores that everyone really knows about. but as like a teenager or like when your skin's and your body's changing so much as is and then you're seeing all these pretty things that smell so great and that kind of thing like it starts at an early age where we see these things or we see someone famous that puts it on their skin or Mm -hmm. has a catch
0: well beauty is a huge billion billion dollar business there's a reason why it is so successful in their marketing but it doesn't make it right and i think What is really empowering is yes the wellness industry is growing and it's being there's more informed choices going on the day-to-day but i think it's what is really cool is your toolkit stace that you empower Mm -hmm. your clients or the people that follow you on instagram to investigate or explore um like what is in this toolkit and maybe we touch on like some of the essential nutrients that you Mm -hmm. like to um put on your skin every day Yeah. yeah Like I know, and I'd love to talk about like Gua sha and the micro needling aspect too, but yeah, mm-hmm. the simple steps, um, both, for, both for people on a budget or the people that can spend endless amounts of money. What are we, mm-hmm. what should we be putting on our skin? Well, I don't
2: have like, um, a staple toolkit for, you know, just anybody to, to purchase. Um, what I, what I practice is, um, corneal which is an area of skin health that is about looking after the skin barrier, barrier and nourishing the skin barrier. So for many of my clients we initially work through a bit of a detox program so we, um, I want to be able to see what their skin looks like in its true form when we've pulled away a lot of the inflammatory stuff and, and triggering stuff to their skin. And it's so surprising to a lot of people in the wellness industry when I have them pull away essential oils in their skincare initially because even for myself, I've, I've used essential oils for many years and I used to throw just frankincense onto my skin or I would just throw geranium on because we've been told that it's good. And a lot of the time, it's not a great fit for every skin. And so initially, when I start to work with people, we'll work through more of a detox program. And so everybody is quite unique. And they, what's like very uh, fulfilling for me as a practitioner, is that in, in an area of functional medicine that I wholeheartedly believe in, is that it's not a one-size-fits-all, is that what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you. And it's the same thing with Western and Eastern healthcare, is that Western care has a lot of like really quick fixes for people and different prescriptions and that are highly valuable when we need them, but there's not a one-size-fits-all, and it has to be a bit more customized. And so um, I do something very similar with skin, is we initially work through a detox program together in skincare. And then after that, when I can really identify and, and look at their skin and see what sort of nutritional deficiency is there, what sort of like essential fatty acid might be showing up, um, then we can customize um, a more bespoke skincare program for them to figure out what nutrients they're they're missing.
0: So is that like saying, okay, let's get you off your current skincare program, like mm-hmm. wherever you're buying it from, like let's remove that and. Mm-hmm of let it just be in its natural state for a few weeks and then come back to you type of thing or i
2: so i work with um a german skincare line called uh german vigils and and it's a corneotherapy line of skincare that i can use and so i pull things away but then i give them um it depends it really depends on the client again it's not a one size fits all some people just use a cleanser some people use a cleanser a toner and a moisturizer some people Um, It it really depends on what's going on, Mm -hmm. but we would pull their current skin routine away for a little bit. And I don't want them to throw it out because some stuff can be reintegrated well afterwards once we can figure out what the imbalance is. Um, But for most people, they will start, like I give them a cleanser that doesn't have any 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 of the stuff that I previously mentioned that's going to disrupt their microbiome or is going to cause inflammation that is just very nourishing and healing to the skin. So we will give them something <clears throat> that helps them to still, like they still really have to wash their face. Like you can't just pull a skincare routine because your skin is going to freak out because it's had it for a while. Yeah. So I will supplement in the right um, cleanser or toner or moisturizer or, or whatever it is for that client to make sure that they're supported during that process. And then we can um, identify more what's going on after about a, a month of that. Yeah. Yeah. It depends though, right? Like depends on what is the concern. Sometimes it's eczema, sometimes it's it's acne and it's full force. Sometimes it is, you know, a woman in her 40s, it's like, I just, you know, I just want to kind of soften some fine lines and wrinkles. So it really depends on what the need is and, and where I can meet them.
0: How often do you get asked about hormonal breakouts? Like, is that
2: every <laughs> All appointment? The time. Yeah. All the time yeah
0: like is is hormonal breakouts a thing or is it due to diet is it due to like the skincare they're using or like is that just a blanket statement like IBS
2: yeah I think it would be a little bit of a blanket statement I see a lot of people that have self-diagnosed that they have hormonal breakouts mm-hmm. and they're like you know I've been having these hormonal breakouts for years and it always happens you always, you know there is the like, real truth to that like you yeah. do see more hormonal breakouts around the jaw and um, a lot of the time it's a deficient skin barrier though so your, bar- like your skin barrier hasn't had the right nutrition, a big thing for it is the right amount of essential fatty acid because they are constantly exfoliating, they're stripping their skin, they're going for microdermabrasion. they're going for laser and so the yeah. skin has been insulted over and over and over and side note, I'm not saying those things are bad. Um, I think sometimes there's a level of misinformation about when to do it and how often to do it um, and which skin does well with that. Not every skin does well with laser and not every, not every skin is going to do well with a microderm. It, it really depends and so, um, sure, we can see like hormonal breakout around the jaw, but the underlying cause of that often can be, um, we can see a lot of zinc deficiency in that client, we can see a lot of vitamin B deficiency and so or essential fatty acid deficiency so it depends it is definitely a blanket statement but the root cause yeah. of why they're experiencing that more is often because they have a vulnerability to that area of their skin mm-hmm. that is being insulted and not being supported yeah and so then sure they have a shift in their hormones related to their cycle and then yeah they see a little bit more of a breakup but because that that skin has already been broken down
0: yeah so the EFA, the vitamin B, and zinc, obviously it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but are those nutrients then that you're applying to the skin topically to, re, to have your skin reabsorb, or are those things you're taking
2: both through tablet? I would supplement? have some people, some people need to supplement. It also really depends on their diet and yeah. what kind of food they're eating. So a lot of um, – some people will need to pull some foods out of their diet if they have a highly inflammatory diet and their gut health is all over the place, we'll look, kind of look at that first actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's really a combination of internal supplementation as well as topical, because if you have impaired gut health, your, your body is not able to provide the right nutrition to your skin. In which case you have to be able to support the skin. You have to give the skin its nutrition so that it has what it needs while you're also working on gut health to figure that out and usually as they start to improve gut health we can also start to pull away like maybe they don't most of my clients that are like a true hormonal um breakout client they will do a more customized serum that's really specific and some nutrients that i think will help but it's not a forever thing it's to kind of get that under control and to make sure that at the same time we're also dialing down inflammation that's happening internally
1: Hmm.
2: we talked about at the beginning. just that thing that you do when no one's watching when you're at home
1: and mm-hmm. your thing was skincare. And one of the tools that you introduced us to was the Gua sha tool. And I love it. And I know, I know Danny does too. Is it, and I, I think it's something that it, you feel like you're pampering yourself when you're using it. And, it, mm-hmm. and can you tell us what it is, what the purpose
2: of it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the first, um, courses I did when I was learning more about skin was in facial reflexology. And during, it was actually really, this is a side note. This is more like a conversation you and I would have off the mic. But when I did that course, I also the weekend before that did a Botox and filler course. And so I had just come from a Botox and filler course. And then I went into this facial reflexology course and it's a testament to my personality because before I figure out what I like, I like to feel out the water everywhere to feel what is actually going to land for me and what feels like truth. So I I did the Botox filler course, I was, you know, excited about that and interested about that. And then I did the, the reflexology course and I was really inspired. And what I learned in that course or what I developed an appreciation for was that we have a lot of different meridians in the face and different acupressure points in the face and acupuncture points in the face and that talk to the entire body. And so when I had had this experience of my body was not feeling well and my skin had this manifestation of different things showing up. Um, it was such an, such a inspiring way to be able to, to look at skin to be like, what could I do to my face as a ritual? Because it's also highly efficient. If I can do something to my skin and also support my body, I'm all for that. And so I learned different areas and zones of the face as they pertain to different organs in the body. And then started to learn more about this ritual of Gua Sha, which is, a, which is an ancient Japanese technique. We've been doing body Gua Sha for forever, <laughs> hundreds of years, and which is very vigorous. Like people can, when they do it on the body, you can even bruise. Like it's very vigorous, whereas it's a little bit newer that we've been doing it. Um, like facial Gua Sha has become a little bit of a bigger deal, probably over... I want to say over the last five years really, it's not, it hasn't been around quite as much. I think it's been around, but it hasn't become as, as, as popular yeah. as it is right now. And um, it's a technique where you're using, um, guasha. sha technically is, translates to scraping of the sand, which pertained a little bit more to the body. And so with the face, we're using a stone of some sort. So you can use rose quartz, you can use, I love to use a jade stone. Um, and you gently are kind of applying some pressure to the face and paying attention to different meridians and points in the face to stimulate the lymphatic system and to move um, increase circulation and, and bring more oxygen to the skin, which helps with a, a host of many things. But essentially, what was what I like about it so much is that it's a very easy and practical way for somebody to pay attention to what's going on in their skin while also supporting their body, but it doesn't cost very much and it's five minutes in the evening or the morning or whenever you want to do it. That really allows the the client to have this sort of mind-body skin experience. So yeah. they get they do have beautiful skin because it does increase circulation and improve oxygen to the skin and, and clear out congestion and, and move lymphatic fluid that is often stagnant in the face. But then you also get this sort of inner body tune-up through meridians and points in the face that you stimulate. And it's very it's I've been talking about meditation for years, and my meditation practice truthfully doesn't involve sitting on a cushion in a Zen room. My meditation is when I'm often waiting for my kids to come off the bus. Like it's, it's a very, it's, there's moments of mindfulness for me. So yeah. the guasha ritual is a meditation in a lot of the ways too, because you're just you with you. It's you tending yeah. to you.
0: There's so much more research. Like when we talked to Corinne about Vedic meditation, it was just that you don't have to be sitting on a pillow in silence. No. You can be in your car waiting for your kids or, mm-hmm. Um, can somebody with, with acne or any kind of just major inflammation, would you recommend that they use a guasha tool? Can they still do that? So they would
2: work through some areas that they don't have an active breakout on. So mm-hmm. you can't use, you don't want to take a guasha tool and take it over an area that has an active breakout because you're just going to spread bacteria onto the skin. It's the last thing that client, <coughs> excuse me, wants to do. Yeah. Um, but they can definitely work through some of the main, Um, nodes or areas that will help to stimulate the lymphatic system to start to move some of that fluid. So a lot of clients, I will get them to start with a bit of a routine working down the neck or stimulating some nodes underneath the jaw that are really important in front and behind the ear. Mm -hmm. And so yes, and actually acne clients are some of my favorite to work with because as we can start to dial down some of the inflammation, their skin will respond to it fairly well. Um, They just need to move slow because less is often more mm-hmm. right and they need to be consistent because we know with any sort of area of healthcare care that's looking at root cause of disease it's not an instant fix and it's not an overnight thing but you and that's actually one of my favorite pieces of it is that you have to hold yourself accountable you have to be consistent yeah you're not going to get any results with a you know a one-off gua sha routine once a week or mm. once a month right so the people that have a big why, so the acne client that really wants to clear up his or her skin, um, will be very consistent with it. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think they're just like, even this whole con- like concept of the microbiome on the skin and the tools you can use and just reducing inflammation. Like, you might have perfect skin, but maybe your children that are going through high school right now are having those flare-ups, which, yeah, that generation of young teens that just get slammed with it and I think Accutane or something like that is the first prescribed go-to but yeah what is going on on the full picture I think it's important to look at too.
1: (laughs) I think that's yeah that's so much like with our work too is the consistency piece for people that they they want that quick fix Mm -hmm. and that's just the society that we live in but that like less is or more is not always the answer and being consistent and making it more of a ritual. And then it becomes that mindfulness piece as well as like a physical health piece, which Mm -hmm. is just addressing that whole root um, cause system that is
0: functional medicine. I love it. So a step beyond Gua Sha then, (laughs) if we were going to go into like microneedling, which um, you are very passionate about and what is like, talk to us about that. Like, should it be painful? Like, if I'm going for my first microneedling appointment, should I be like having a quick shot of whiskey in the parking lot first? Like, <laughs> what do I, what do you need to prepare for? With a little sprinkle of uh, <laughs> chaga or something. Yeah, or? Put, the, put the mushrooms in. Do some <laughs> <process>. <laughs> but what, um, like, what, like, this is a natural
2: way to promote blood flow. Collagen, like I'm just making up words mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So tell us. <laughs> Yeah. So I really like microneedling because um, through my practice, I seem to attract a lot of women that, and men too, definitely more women that really want to support age management. So are wanting to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. Um, have had some inject, have had some injections, and maybe they want to not have as much or sort of take a more integrative approach to it. Uh, And so I was trying to, and and then I also have a lot of clients that want a bit more of a quick fix. Like the truth is we do live in a very Western culture and people are moving from one thing to the next. And so um, I will always start with Gua Sha and start to really develop a relationship with the client showing up for themselves. Some clients that are a little bit later on in, in their life journey don't make as much collagen. And so it is regardless of how much gua sha you do, there's a there's a reality to what sort of results they're going to get. And in this sort of area of skin health, um, prevention is such a big piece of it that starting earlier for your skin is always a good idea. But I liked and I started to move towards or understanding more about myconealine because I wanted to provide results to that client so that they didn't have to To choose something different. I wanted them to understand that they could still get really beautiful results with their skin by encouraging their body to do what it already knows how to do and that they could be empowered to have great skin regardless of their stage in life. Um, And so microneedling is called CIT or collagen induction therapy and it is used by um, tiny little needles essentially that are pricking the skin barrier to cause a very intentional inflammatory process because when we have any kind of wound or inflammation in the body, the, the body has to, to recover from that. It has to make more collagen to, to support itself and to heal from it. And so as you do a very intentional um, uh, treatment to the skin that does push the skin a little bit and does um, cause some inflammation to it, the recovery of that is that you get more collagen. And so it works best in a series. So depending on different goals, you need to have anywhere from three to four to six treatments, depending on what it is that you're looking for. Again, it's also not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes think of it almost like as an adaptogen for the body. Like you're kind of giving it a little bit of a nudge of like, hey, remember, you know how to do that. And, and that's that's what happens. You get to either improve sort of fine lines and wrinkles for the client because they get this boost of their own collagen um, or people that have acne scarring or pigmentation that they haven't been able to get rid of. Especially for clients that actually are not a good candidate for laser, microneedling can be a really good option to soften pigmentation and discoloration mm-hmm. to the skin because it causes a physical disruption to the, to the barrier. So as the skin recovers, it doesn't, it doesn't recover in the same sort of um, way that the scar has been living on the skin for so long. the blood supply is different and so the skin heals in a different way now of course for people that have quite significant scarring they need to do more like four to six treatments to get a great result from that and in conjunction with a bit of a home program I like to prescribe because it keeps it affordable and it still is giving the client the tool of empowerment that you know like you can look after your skin Mm -hmm. it's not just me or the other practitioner or the doctor it's like you can do something for your skin at home given that they are using the right tool it's so important that people are not just buying rollers off of amazon because not every tool has the needles in the right way in which case you can also really hurt skin through yeah. microneedling you can cause you can create beautiful skin and you can also cause really damaged skin that you can't recover And so it's important that they're using a Health Canada approved roller. It's important that they know the size of the roller. It's important they know how to roll it onto the skin. And so as much as I love microneedling, I also think it's an area of skin health that has um, taken, has had a lot of traction and has also, as a result, had a lot of misinformation out there. And so, because it's not carefully regulated enough, like, you no, know, it's like the entire beauty industry is yeah. not very regulated, to be honest. That's why I think you have to really know who you're going to see and trust your whether or not it's a, a healer or a practitioner or a medical doctor or a therapist, because so much of it isn't regulated. Like Even skincare products, so much of that stuff isn't regulated yeah. still, which is actually so surprising that people have been allowed to put harmful ingredients that we've known for a long time are not mm-hmm. good for the body and they're yeah. still showing up there. And so, and the same thing, like you don't have to have a degree to do a microneedling treatment on people. So there's a lot, there are a lot of therapists that out there who will do stuff or take needles to a depth that they shouldn't be going to or do it on skin. That's not strong enough to actually sustain that. So I think what's important is that, you know, that your person has done their research. Yeah, They're not just doing it because there's also a lot of, there's a lot of money to be made in yeah. the industry. I,
0: I um, At one point, you had said the microneedling itself. Well, that's important. What you're putting on immediately after that treatment is just as important to mm-hmm. help it heal, to put the right nutrients in when that
2: 100%. open barrier
0: is there. So that's yeah. something to keep in mind and perhaps to ask your practitioner what's going on top of the skin. Yeah, and how after. do you, like
2: the recovery of microneedling is just as important, just as important, if not even more important, Than the actual procedure. I really like both are so crucial though. Like the procedure has to be done well, and the recovery of the skin healing has to do well. It's like you can't kind of push somebody down and then not help them get up. Totally. Right? So it's like, what do you so what is the recovery? Is there anything special that you have to do or just refrain from the recovery (laughs) you there's a few things like you can't take. Um you don't want to take Advil or anti-inflammatories because the goal is that you Hold the body to kind of move, move into on. this and like um, this healing cascade. So you don't want to stop that process. You also really need to keep the skin very hydrated because if it's dry, dry skin is aging skin. <laughs> so you've just you need to be able to give it back what it needs to heal. And the last thing you want to have it do is to be dry and flaky, like you just need to really make sure you support that. Um, You've also created hundreds of microchannels into the skin, so it's such an incredible opportunity to give the skin the right nutrition that it Mm -hmm. needs. Vitamin C is really important. Vitamin E is really important. Um, Vitamin B, it depends, again, what the goal is. Like, somebody that's looking for wrinkles needs something different than somebody that's dealing with scarring.
0: Can you talk to us about vampire facials? Like, how are they similar? How are they different?
2: The vampire facial, I think it was... There's a handful of celebrities that made it really big because it looks... Crazy. Is that actually what it's looks like it's it's just blood all over their face, and then they kind of microneedle it in. But essentially, what that practitioner is doing is they were drawing your blood ahead of time. <clears throat> you would go in for your appointment, they would draw your blood, and then they spin it to get the PRP, to get the platelets. And uh, and then they take your they take your PRP and then they put it onto your face as a serum, and then they would microneedle that in, which is rich in growth factors and and, and different things that will really help the skin as well. Um, I don't, I haven't done that. I think you can get really similar results with using um, a very specific and customized serum for the client. Um, and when you're doing it, you're also drawing blood at the surface of the skin anyways. Like when somebody's coming in for a professional microneedling, tr- microneedling treatment, their skin has been frozen. So they should not feel pain Like to your question earlier. They should not feel pain Mm. with it if they're frozen in the right way. Um, In which case, when you're taking different skin cells, different areas of the face require different needle depth and certain areas of the face, you're gonna draw blood. In which case you're already drawing the blood, you're already creating the sort of um, response of the body to rush to that area to to start to support healing anyways. You're getting a lot of that without having to first draw it, spin it, and then put it on. Um, but there's people out there that also love to do that treatment as well, and have seen really good results. So I think you can do it both ways. Yeah. Mm. So another tool that we actually, I
1: personally don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I've seen you use it and and sing its praises. is the the red light.
2: Oh, the LED. Yes. yes. Can you
1: tell us a little bit, like what is the purpose of it and and how do you
2: use it, and why do you love it? Yeah, so I I love LED light therapy because it is non-invasive, and it's also, um, I also think of it, if you're using red light therapy, red light, um, there's different wavelengths, right? So we have infrared, which is a much longer wavelength. There is red light. There is a yellow light, <laughs> and there's a blue light. Blue light is really good for killing um, P. acne's bacteria, so the, the bacteria that's causing acne, uh, and that is... You, it's something that the client would have and the light just goes over top of them. So it's, it, it's not harmful to the skin in any way, if anything, well, it's actually very healing obviously to the skin, but it's also healing to the nervous system. And so I love that sort of, I'm all about like looking for how I can get the the best results on multiple systems as mm-hmm. efficient as possible. And so LED light therapy is so good for me. I personally love it um, for the effect it has on, the nervous system in different um, areas they're using blue light therapy quite a bit now for um, production of neurotransmitters and balancing of neurotransmitters for people that experience a uh, seasonal affective disorder and so I love that piece of like the client is just feeling better like their nervous system is a is in a parasympathetic dominant state which is in a healing state and and then they are also getting this benefit to their skin where it's either killing bacteria if that's what they need Um, red light therapy is much more specific about it um, basically gives energy it deposits ATP into the mitochondria of the fibroblast skin cell and the fibroblast skin cell is what makes collagen and elastin so it's giving that skin cell the energy to do what it knows how to do it Mm -hmm. just gets a little bit lazy as we get older so our collagen decreases quite significantly in our 30s and again in our 40s and almost non-existent in our 50s and red light is such a nice way to be able to to give the body the, the toolkit or the energy to turn that to turn that back on. So that's why I love red light. You'll see, um I feel like I'm under it. I haven't been under it in well actually no that's a lie. I went under it yesterday. <laughs> I, like I, just your I went thing. like a two week stretch and I really missed it. So oh. <laughs> But yeah,
0: stay so I mean all these And it tools. does give you
1: such a nice glow. Yeah.
0: So it helps. No, you have the most mm-hmm. gorgeous skin ever.
1: I feel like there are so many things that people can do and I feel like there's a lot of people that almost feel helpless and don't know who to talk to don't know who to turn to about it or even are embarrassed about it and mm-hmm. just maybe try to cover it up and probably with the wrong things but I feel like there, like as you shared with us today there are so many things that uh, we can do and that's in our power but also mm-hmm. to find someone such as yourself that mm-hmm. is so trustworthy and mm-hmm. um even just for a little bit of information or a little bit of a pep talk, just to get them Mm -hmm. moving in the right direction. Is there just, like, two or three things that maybe someone could do at home to start right away? Like, if there's something that they introduce or... Invest in. Or invest in, maybe just a a starting place for people that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: give
1: me a
2: second to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the first, like, the number one is to um to to wash your face well to Mm -hmm. cleanse your skin well not everybody needs to clean their skin morning and night uh especially we live for those of you that are for those of the for those of the listeners that are listening that are in calgary most of us actually have very dry skin Mm -hmm. it's very rare to find a true oily skin type in calgary Mm -hmm. very rare even though i get 80 percent of my clientele is like i have really oily skin i'm like No, you don't. (laughs) At the core of it, you have just been stripping oil, oils and exfoliating your skin like crazy and your body is in constant overdrive of trying to make more oil. So when we stop that and we pull things away, we'll see that the skin actually is not that oily. So most of us are very dry, in which case we don't need to always cleanse morning and night. Um, You need to, that's a hard thing to just like, I don't want to just say that and people just like not clean their skin in the morning. Something I think to investigate, though. Yeah, something to look at, that you need to make sure that you're using a cleanser that actually is very nourishing to the skin, and it's not stripping oils, mm-hmm. and you're taking, there's a whole book about it, or it's not about it, but Rachel Hollis, <laughs> Rachel Hollis's book of Girl, Wash Your Face, I'm like, that's a great title, and okay. if she didn't use that title, I would have loved to use that title in <laughs> five years when I write a book.
0: I would um, say a lady because, can sell wash your face. Yeah,
2: it's like, we just need to learn how to wash your face well, and, and mm. actually take a moment in, in the evening and the morning to have some time that we tend mm-hmm. to ourselves. that would be one of the big ones one of the other ones would be stop um one of the things that drive me the craziest actually is when instagram influencers or beauty bloggers or people that are getting paid to say things talk about different products and then you rush out and go get it um, I would say do your due, due diligence and actually look into whether or not it is the right choice for you. Just because somebody has said it's good, it's not necessarily a great choice. In Stacey's words, analysis paralysis. Yeah. <laughs> analysis paralysis. I think, I think that's good advice for absolutely anything in life. <laughs> yeah, I think that we see so much. Like we have such an abundant amount of information mm-hmm. that there is no excuse when we say we don't know how to do something. It is so easy to figure things out in today's age. Like there is. There is Google, there are podcasts, there are people all around us that have answers. What's tricky is that we watch so much stuff and take random pieces of information and think it's right for us. Um, And that happens a lot in skin. People self-diagnose their skin type all the time. And in fact, I don't even think we necessarily have skin types. I don't even really believe in like oily skin, dry skin, problem skin. Um, At the core of it, there are some essential nutrients we all need and And from my experience, some things that we definitely don't need. Mm -hmm. I've seen the most expensive skincare cause the most amount of problems on skin. I've seen the cheapest skincare do beautiful things for skin. And so one of the main things I would say is that figure out what your skin actually really needs instead of just taking somebody's advice for it. Sure. That's really good advice. Only because I think I did that for so long. I bought so much stuff hoping for some sort of magic in a bottle and I have beautiful skin and it was hundreds I'd like probably more than that of money that was just wasted and I was like wow I really thought that so-and-so on that Instagram platform she has amazing skin and my skin yeah. doesn't look like that even though Scott's like finally she dialed it yeah. in yeah <laughs> I see a lot of people say that actually they're like I've never saved so much money on skincare because I don't buy so much random stuff anymore yeah Less is more.
1: And one thing I know you're all about is drinking your water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, with some type of mineral in your water. So I love, um, there's a really good book called Quench, and it, it kind of debunks the myth of eight glasses of water is all you need. Mm. We don't really just need to drink water, we really need to get our hydration from uh, plants in a lot of ways. And so even if I have water, I try to really encourage clients to throw Um, make a bit of a water infusion, put some cucumber slices in there, or pink Himalayan sea salt is really rich in minerals, Mm -hmm. or have a really beautiful glass decanter or something on your counter with berries, like frozen berries in there, or something, where you're getting a good dose of um, minerals and then nutrients from the plant, and that will increase your um, hydration and your glow factor in a big way. And it's so easy, there's no excuse. Who knew drinking water could be so much fun? (laughs) Yeah, it was actually really fun. One of my favorite things, I actually love um, on days I see plants, I love deciding what the water decanter will be. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah, exciting <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah. Where can everybody
2: listening um, find you? Uh, my website is just Uh My Instagram handle is stacyurvinhealth. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, what is it again? Yeah, <laughs> just just my name, Stacey Irvin-Hall. Um, and yeah, I'm not that hard to find. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you want to
0: see Stace for Treatments, she is booking out of a few different places in Calgary. And you can find that information on her website. As well, she has a number of workshops constantly on the go in Calgary mm-hmm. and at various yoga festivals um, around Alberta and BC. So keep an eye out. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for Thank joining so us much. today. Yeah, so fun. Thanks, girls.